0: It's time to put our detective hats on. Yay! That's the sound of you putting on your detective hat. And become part of a club. Yeah. A family computer club. Woo! Because that's what we're doing today here on this week's episode of Season Let Me Check Up OVA. It's a podcast where we have conversations about video games, anime, and manga. Hello. I'm Jared. Joined as always by Doc Allen Ladium. Hello. This is episode number 230, and we are going to be discussing the recently released remakes of the Famicom Detective Club games. Mm-hmm. A very strange uh, remake that got put out over here. Like, that's the strange part, because uh, these games were not put published. Outside of Japan until now. Until now. <laughs> or localized. So it's it's very weird to see that happen. And also it's weird to see Nintendo do something with their history that's not just complete garbage.
1: <laughs> yeah. No kidding. And I mean, like, you have to consider, um, like, the first game of this, it's as old as I am. hmm Came out in 88. So did I. I came out in 88 as well. <laughs>
0: it's true. You're, that was your release date.
1: That was my release date. <laughs> <laughs> so it's literally as old as I am.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And, and, you know, it's kind of cool to see Nintendo doing something with some of their old IP that's, like, not just releasing Mario and Zelda and Metroid and whatever, although this is tangentially related to Metroid.
0: True. It's not just the same games you have played on other various virtual console releases or weird box releases or anything like that like these are things that have never been released outside of japan ever
1: yeah and obviously a lot of work was put into them to mm-hmm. to make them all shiny and fancy
0: yes uh these these new remakes were developed by mages they do a lot of like anime sort of stuff so that that style is very prominent here and everything mm-hmm. uh but these originally these original games were done by uh nintendo D one one of the most prominent Nintendo uh, internal teams, you know, they they would go on to make the Game Boy. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> Things like that. Like, the director of this game was one of the key component, key people who made the Game Boy. Uh, like, Gunpei Yokoi is a producer on this game, or on these games. So, like, you know, big prominent people who were, like, doing some of, like, the hardware stuff were, like, just kind of throw it in and, like, hey, let's make an adventure game for the Famicom disk system, of all things. Yeah, why not? Um, like you said, there is, a, there is a tie to Metroid in this where one of the key writers for this is Yoshio Sakamoto, who would later go on to be a... or he was a designer on the original Metroid and would go on to direct Super Metroid a few years down the road
2: mm-hmm.
0: and also direct a couple other couple other (laughs) Metroid games here and there as well um also the music was composed by Kenji Yamamoto who also did the music for little games like Mike Tyson's Punch-Out!! Super Metroid and then a bunch of the other like Metroid Prime games and all those sorts of stuff
1: the music of this game rules
0: it's really good
1: it's really good
0: like even like all the different versions you can get all, I think, work really well with, mm-hmm. with regards to, like, how they, uh, they're they arranged and just composed and everything.
1: Yeah, I agree. Except for Loki couldn't listen to the Famicom versions of them no, because it just, was he's making a, him upset.
0: He's a butthole, so he, he's very picky about his music.
1: Well, it was weird because I was playing it and his ears were just, like, backwards. And he's like, what is that? <laughs> so I had, to, I had to turn that off. It's true. He was okay with the Super Famicom version, though.
0: Yeah, less. There's more bits and bops in that. In that, because he's like he likes the sixteen bits rather than the eight bits.
1: Yeah, I think it was just like some of the screechy sounds he wasn't used to.
0: That's fair. Uh, so these games originally came out on the Famicom Disk System. Exclusive to that, they did not come out. They did not get re-released as Famicom games themselves or anything like that. Uh, the first game, The Missing Air Part One or Volume One of it, came out on April 27th, 1988 in Japan, and then the second volume came out on June 14th, 1988.
1: I'm older than this then
0: it's true it's i it's real interesting that like they split these up into like two parts like you would have to play one and then wait yeah for the next part to come out like oh what's gonna happen which is inter- like episodic it is episodic like i think this is kind of like almost a basis for what they would later on or later do with the satellite view stuff mm-hmm. by making that kind of like appointment viewing and an episodic and, and in the nature um, and these games, you can know, you can do that with because, you know, they're adventure games. They're not just like gameplay, gameplay, gameplay prominent. Mm-hmm. So you can get away with doing things like this. Uh, the second game, The Girl Who Stands Behind, came out on May 23rd, 1989 for Volume 1, and then June 30th, 1989 for Volume 2. There would be a Super Famicom remake of The Girl Who Stands Behind that came out on April 1st, 1998, and then... Before that, as well, there was a Satellaview third game, a sequel to both of these games that came out at some point (laughs) (laughs) that I'm trying to find because it says it somewhere on this Wikipedia page. And now I don't remember. There it is. Uh, That came out in 1997. It was broadcast in three chapters. The first chapter came out between February 9th and the 15th, the second from February 16th to the 22nd, and then the third from February 23rd to March 1st, which uh, that game is a little bit different because it stars Ayumi instead of the the player protagonist that you play in the first two games.
1: Oh, you mean C2 McDoot?
0: Yes, yeah, C2 McDoot. Uh But the cool thing about that game, or the Catella game, is that it had voice acting for Ayumi, mm-hmm. um, which the lady they got for that role back in 1997 they recast her for these remakes which is a really cool thing
1: that's super cool Mm
0: -hmm. so those are the three main games of course the Satellaview game is never going to get a remake or anything like that unfortunately um it's just hard to find in general if you want to try and play that because there's no fan translation of it or anything which makes sense because a lot of Satellaview stuff is just really weird and innocuous Mm -hmm. so it's not surprising that you can't really find that or anything um There was also a GBA port of, I believe, both games that came out on August 10th, 2004. Whoa. And then I believe also both games came out to the virtual console on various platforms. Uh, The Missing Air came out on the Wii virtual console, the Wii U eShop, and the 3DS eShop. The Disk System version of The Girl Stands Behind came out on the Wii and 3DS, uh, but not the Wii U. And the Super Famicom remake came out on the Wii 3DS and Wii U.
1: And we've also learned that... um there's a smash tie-in to twice and did not expect that
0: yes so ayumi appears in smash brothers melee as as a trophy she's also Mm -hmm. in uh smash brothers ultimate as a spirit but apparently when making melee sakurai was at one point thinking of putting ayumi in as a playable character
1: (laughs) which would have been so cool
0: i wonder how like How much of that decision was weighted because like Smash Brothers was becoming more of like a global thing?
1: Um, What I was reading on the wiki was um, that that was exactly the problem: is that there wasn't enough of a Western like because everyone would just be like, "Who
0: is this character?"
1: I mean, they let Roy
0: in. You know, you're not wrong. I guess I mean Fire Emblem has more of like a more people would know about Fire Emblem over here than they would about the Famicom Detective games.
1: I mean, at that point, barely.
0: But still, like, I think that would have been fun because, like, you could just, like, educate people about what these games were. And then maybe, like, you could have done the work then to put them out.
1: Yeah, maybe we would have gotten them earlier. Yeah. Man. Can you imagine? No. (laughs) Her just fighting Link.
0: I I can't imagine it because I know Nintendo and I know they would be like, no, we're not doing this. Yeah. We, can't we don't do not like this. cool things we don't like fun
1: <laughs> <laughs> no fun allowed
0: P- we're putting out an adventure game in 2001 what get out of here what's the internet <laughs> uh, so yeah those are all the original releases of this game and then uh they did the remakes of them these were originally announced in, in september of 2019 um they were originally supposed to come out in 2020 were delayed to 2021 because of you know, obviously you know why.
1: <laughs> yeah, you you know the reason.
0: And then the last Nintendo Direct, they announced that these were getting English localizations and everyone was like, huh? <laughs> what do you mean?
1: And we pre-ordered it. Yes. Because you got $10 off. Mm-hmm.
0: And then also like these have voice acting, which is a new inclusion and everything. There's updated visuals and everything. There was a new arranged soundtrack. But you can play or use the original soundtracks in either version of the game so missing air has the famicom disc system soundtrack uh girl Who stands behind has the famicom disc system and super famicom versions of the soundtrack along with the arranged stuff mm-hmm. um the only thing i wish these games had was i wish there was a way you could switch visuals on the fly i know that would be a very big undertaking because this is just a big remake mm-hmm. um, but i think it would be cool to be able to like play these games as they were originally scene, like, just to see, like, the Famicom disc system visuals, and then the Super Famicom visuals for the girl who stands behind and everything. But, like, I get that, like, that's that would be a lot more work than just, you know, redoing everything. Right. But they do actually do, um, add some stuff here and there, scenes-wise, like, there's some bonus scenes that are included, um, in these games, and then, like, there's, like, a lot of moving parts to these games, so it's not just, like, strictly uh static images, Mm-hmm. So I think that you know they did a, a decent amount of work to make these games look more modern. modern. Yes, although they don't really make these like games set in 2021. These nope. are games still set in the 1980s, which yep. I think is a very good touch. Um, and just makes Except it for
1: the one thing where like he makes a reference about something being like retro or something.
0: Yeah. So there's like there's a scene in the Missing Air where you can see a Famicom box and a famicom disk system box and like the player character makes mention of like i think the famicom disk system being like oh this is real ancient technology And i'm like wait no this is stuff that's current for you what are you talking about (laughs) no that doesn't make any sense
1: yeah otherwise it takes place in the 80s and everything makes sense Mm
2: -hmm.
0: uh and like i said like they they did add voice acting to this unlike the the original versions and uh there's some prominent names scattered throughout um they brought back the lady, like I said, who voiced IMB in the Satellaview game, and then they got Megumi Ogata to play the player character, which is a what very a good, good get. get. Yeah. Very good get. So yeah.
1: Is there anybody else that was important or that we might know?
0: Uh not off the I top even, of my head.
1: I didn't even look.
0: There probably is. I just haven't like looked deep into like see.
1: I mean, is the big one that you're like, whoa, yeah. that's a good get. Yeah.
0: That's true. Uh, so yeah, let's talk about these here games we played these remakes. They're not long games, but also they were Famicom Disk System games, so they're not going to be long in general.
1: <laughs> right.
0: Um, I think, you know, you could probably get through these depending on how you play in like about seven, eight hours.
1: I would say that, yeah.
0: Give or take. Um, I know a lot of people will tell you these are visual novels. These are not visual novels. This is an adventure adventure game.
1: Yeah, it's an adventure game.
0: Um,
1: um, also, we were idiots and didn't talk to each other before we started them and started the opposite yep. game of each other. We're like, ah, uh, whoops.
0: Yeah. Uh, there's, there's also one more note I want to make mention of. Um, uh, basically, what, or how these games were inspired by an older Japanese yes. adventure game. And also by horror films. Yes. Um, so basically, this is an adventure game. You know, By the late 80s, adventure games were way more prominent, especially in Japanese culture and Japanese video games. There was a lot more PC adventure games by that point and everything. Um, but of course, one of the, the key prominent uh, Japanese adventure games that a lot of like these games look back to is a game called the Portopia Serial Murder Case. Which is a game that came out in 1983 for the PC-6001. Um, and was designed by Yuji Horii, who obviously more people will know him by, as the creator of Dragon Quest. Yep. So he made all, all of those games, but essentially he made this game because he was like flipping through a PC magazine, saw computer games from the United States and was like, oh, this is interesting. We should make one of these for the Japanese market. And that's where this game came to be. Um, and this game is very influential in a lot of ways. Obviously it influenced the Famicom uh, Detective Club games, but also it influenced a lot of people in Japanese video game development. Like Hideo Kojima says this is like one of the best games he's ever played. Uh, Eiji Numa was like, this is one of the first games I ever played. So like, this is a very prominent game in terms of like influ- influencing uh, not only just Japanese game development, but also just like a genre in and of itself. Mm-hmm. So a lot of like these Japanese adventure games probably wouldn't have come to be, or would not have come to be as soon, if it wasn't for this game in particular. And then also, uh, the writer of these games, uh, Yoshio Sakamoto, basically talked about how he didn't really look at a lot of like detective movies or anything, yep. or detective books, and like as the primary source material for like what inspired him. It was a lot of Italian horror films by this the uh, director named Dario Argento. Mm-hmm. like that was like all of his like he's like this is how I this is what I look to when I was making these games um and that's kind of like the big influence for me about how I wrote these games how I like kind of saw them in my head and like directed them and did all that of sort of stuff so I think that's a, a real interesting bit of thing because it makes a whole it makes these games make a lot of sense if you look yeah. at it through that lens especially the second game which is very much Not really a mystery game, but more of a horror game. Yeah. So, yeah. Cool things.
1: Except for Kojima. He's not cool. (laughs) Get him out of here.
0: So, yeah. Let's talk about these games. Like you said, we inadvertently played the wrong game first. I didn't remember which one came first, so I just looked at, like, advertising, and I saw the Red Game, and I was like, okay, well, I'm going to play the Red Game first.
1: (laughs) The Red Game.
0: So that's what I did. So I played The Girl Who Stands Behind first, which is the sequel prequel. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: It is a sequel to The Missing Air because it comes after that chronologically in time of release, but it is a prequel to the game because it comes before it in the timeline of the story. Yes. All of that clearly makes sense. Uh, yes. You you played The Missing Air first, which was the first game release, obviously. Um, and probably the the way you should play these games. <laughs> but I think like if you play them either way, like the way I play them, it still works. Like there's a yeah. lot of things you can like discern between the games regardless of which way you play them. And like it still flows very well if you play them like story chronologically or release chronologically. Yeah um so let's talk about the missing air first i will say i i think this is the lesser game between the two it makes sense because it's the first game but i think a lot of that a lot of it is not really story wise a lot of that is gameplay wise because mm-hmm. i feel like this game is less intuitive than the girl who stands behind is i will There's,
1: say I, I got stuck a lot more often in yes here
0: that's what exactly i was about to say like there was definitely a lot more times where I was like completely stuck, just trying to figure out what I needed to do, and there was far fewer times of that uh, in the girl who stands behind. Which I was like, like
1: "What combination do I have to say mm-hmm. things to you to make you say the right thing? Come on!"
0: Yeah. Uh, like we said, these are very much adventure games. So you are, you know, you're talking to people. You have to figure out exactly the right combination of things to say to people to get them to unlock more information for you. You are looking around the environment with like a point and click cursor and everything. You know, you are taking evidence and everything. You are having to switch between talking to different people and everything. Uh, it's a lot of stuff. Like it is it is a point and click adventure game in, in some ways and also just an adventure game in a lot of other ways. Mm hmm. So like I think if you come to this thinking like oh this is good it's gonna be a fun jaunty visual novel like no nope get that out of your mind also you have to come to come into this game with the mindset that like this is a game from the 1980s it yeah. is still going to play like a game from the 1980s
1: yes yeah <laughs> like they, I, I actually looked it up earlier sorry I didn't mean to interrupt no, you um I looked it up earlier um and I saw some reviews that people were like oh it hasn't aged well you know it plays like a game from the 80s and I'm like.
0: That's the point. <laughs>
1: That's the point. It is a game from the eighties.
0: Like they considering these are remakes, they could have done things to modernize the gameplay a lot, but I think that would have just been a that would have taken away from these games. Like if you're coming to these games, uh especially for like Japanese fans and everything, you want it to play like it did originally and everything. And also for like, you know, fans outside of Japan who have never experienced these games before you would want to be able to play these games with the experience that people would have played these games in the the time period that came out Mm -hmm. you wouldn't want that to change that would be disappointing to people so I think like even though it is frustrating at times because like you know that adventure style gameplay has evolved leaps and bounds in the last (laughs) 30 plus years um I am three, more to be exact. I am more thankful that these play like this because it, these are games of their time and obviously there's not a lot of games like that anymore and also like it's cool to be able to play these games as they were intended to be played. Mm-hmm. So yes obviously I can see where people would be like man this is frustrating and everything but like I don't see how you modernize the gameplay of this and don't make it and don't compromise the integrity of the games themselves
1: right no i agree with you and like it was frustrating sometimes getting stuck but at the same time like i didn't really have a problem with how it played or anything
0: no like I, yeah like i said like it's it's one of those things you kind of have to expect like look i'm going to be talking to these people a lot i'm going to go through these options a lot just try and figure out okay what's the the one combination that i need to do in order to advance the plot,
1: <laughs> let me just ask you this question five times in a row, please. Yeah. Please, please just change your answer once. That'd be cool. Like, why do you keep asking me this? Just answer the question.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> uh. So yeah, a lot of this is going to be plot relevant because the gameplay is an adventure game. Gameplay, it's not a whole lot you got to really talk about. Yeah. The the thing the sta- the things that stayed out here are, the plot. The plot. So let's we will, we'll dive Here's into that. Spoiler warning. There's going to be some spoilers, but uh, yeah. Let's talk about the missing air, which has only a paragraph of of story on the Wikipedia page.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, we can we can put it together.
0: It's true. Um. So yeah, you basically you start this game and you wake up on the ground. You're like, oh god. There's a man Ow.
1: hovering over you. There's a man
0: over me. I don't know who I am.
1: <laughs> yeah, you have amnesia.
0: Amnesia. Which is not good. You eventually uh, run into a girl named Ayumi Tachibana who is like, "Hey, you work with me. We're detectives." And you're like, "Huh? <laughs> what?" Uh, you have been sent to this village uh called Miyosin Village. You are investigating the death of Kiku Ayashiro, and. That is why you're out there and everything. And a whole lot of just wild things happen in this.
1: A lot happens. Yes. Yeah, the, the butler has has asked you... Because um, they said that Kiku died of heart failure. Mm-hmm. And the butler's like, I don't buy that. I, I would really prefer you to investigate this a little bit more. And everybody's like, butler, why? Because there is also, unsurprisingly... A huge inheritance issue here, and who who is the uh, the heir? Ba ba bum.
0: Hence the missing heir.
1: Da da da. Which has a dual meaning, actually, because um, there there's technically two missing heirs here. Yes. There's like layers of air.
0: <laughs> layers of air.
1: I said air. <laughs> Not air. No, no,
0: I know you said the air is. Is just funny? Layers of air.
1: <laughs> um. We we join our uh, amazing detective C two McDoot.
0: Or if you're me, you just put your name. <laughs> I was like, I'll oh, just go with this.
1: I love being called Sir McDoot.
0: <laughs> Sir McDoot.
1: I lost my mind every time he's like Sir McDoot. I'm like, that's me. Anyway, so let's solve a mystery. Um, rewrite history.
0: Ducktales. Woohoo.
1: Woo. Uh, so yeah, there's there's this whole legend with um, Kiku that like basically like the if you
0: well
1: yeah the f- family that like if you wrong them like they'll come back out of the grave and haunt you basically. Um, and the whole town village just believes this.
0: They're very gullible.
1: Yes, and most of them are old.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um. And so with her dying, um, you know everybody's talking about the the spooky thing that's going to happen. It's gonna, she's she's gonna come back because there were mysterious circumstances. Um, and so you have her her um, family come in. So you have, is it. Her nephews? Yes, her nephews.
0: I think you're right. I'm also just trying to look up for names because there's a lot of names in this that I don't remember.
1: Yeah. Um, It's either Kinji or Kanji. I don't remember which one it is. That's the oldest one. This doesn't have
0: plot. Get out of here. Get
1: out of
0: here. Get out.
1: He's the oldest. And then I think the second one's name was like. Why do I want to call him Jen? I don't think that's right.
0: It was a J name.
1: It was a J, and then the third one was um, an A name? She's a lady. Azusa. Azusa, yeah. Yeah. Um, and you find out that she died the same night as the will was read decided she needed to write up a will and
0: so that's one of the reasons why the butler is like so suspicious
1: I mean that's valid um but yeah she she's like alright we have we have the will now um
0: okay so Kanji was the director of the Ayashiro Corporation he's the eldest son
1: oh he is the son I thought he was a nephew
0: he's apparently the eldest son of the family according to this I don't know this could be wrong
1: yeah, I don't trust that because the whole thing with like, her her actual children is a, a important plot point.
0: Uh, Azusa is the younger sister of Kanji and the older sister of Jiro.
1: Jiro. The other guy.
0: She married into the Kasuga family, but returned once the death of Kiko happened. And then Jiro is an executive of the Aishiro Corporation. He's the younger brother of Kanji and Azusa. Mm-hmm. I couldn't
1: remember if it was Kenji or Kanji, but okay, Kanji... And Jiro, Azusa. Mm -hmm. Cool. I won't remember that. Um, But yeah, so you have these three that are like squabbling and causing issues because um, when the will was actually read, it said that um, her daughter was supposed to get half- um, and that she would need the symbol of the successor.
0: she was going to get half of the half of the the inheritance. also she was going to become the new president of the corporation. correct. But yeah, she needs the symbol of the the inheritance, everything. And then the rest of the inheritance is split up among the other kids.
1: yes. Um, the thing with that is that she's missing.
0: Mm-hmm. No one knows where she's been. She's been gone from the village for like fifteen years yeah or something like that it's she's...
1: 17 or 18 actually
0: same difference c- c- carry the two because um, essentially yeah. she she was like you know the lone daughter and everything she fell in love with this guy and they basically left and just went off to another place and didn't really tell anyone about it and everyone's just like huh huh. so like she's missing and they need to find her for this to complete the inheritance and all of this sort of stuff to, for everyone to get paid out and everything then there's also uh, Akira, who is Kanji's son, who's just like a delinquent. Yeah. Who just like is like sleuthing around places. And no one likes him.
1: (laughs) No one likes him.
0: Um, And there's other key members like uh, the butler we talked about. He's there. Uh, Akane. Akane, the maid who works there. She was like the first to discover the body and everything. And then there's uh, Kanda, who is the attorney, who you don't really meet until much later in the... In the story. As uh, a doctor. Kumada, who is the doctor, he was the one who did like the autopsy for Kiku and everything and is like, Yeah, that was a heart failure. I don't look I, I did the work. I don't know what you want me to tell you.
1: <laughs> he also has a crush on uh on the daughter who's on missing. Yuri, yeah. Yuri, yeah. Big and crush. Then
0: and then there's some other folks that we'll we'll just piece them in as time time goes.
1: So yeah, there's a lot of moving parts here. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah so trying to solve this this potential murder of Kiku and um, as we're going along and solving things oh no the body count keeps going up yep because <laughs> um, pretty early on Kanji dies he eats it
0: he's found in the storage room uh, with a knife in his chest. And also there's been. There's antiques that have been stolen from the storage room. And everything.
1: And his eyes are open. And he's facing forward. So like he he obviously knew the person who did this. Mm-hmm. So everybody's like. Well his son's missing. And there's antiques missing. And he kind of sucks. So it's probably his son. His son mm-hmm. probably did it. We should probably find him.
0: So with Kanji out of the way. Jiro becomes the new director. Mm-hmm. And seems very nonplussed about his brother dying.
1: Yeah, which is shady. And um, Amy is back at the detective agency, like doing the legwork on some other things for you. Like she, she tries to find out where um,
0: she, she's basically looking into like the whereabouts of Akira and like where he's been and everything. And also, like found out who,
1: that he's with a nice dressed man in a car. Yeah,
0: she's like trying to figure out who that is and everything. So like that's what she's kind of like working on while you are out in the village doing that stuff as well
1: yep she's doing research for you mm-hmm. what a gal
0: so while all the, like the kanji stuff is happening like people start s- speculating that they see they've seen Kiku rise from the grave and everything and she was the one who killed him um because it's this whole legend and all that sort of stuff
1: and the hand mirror shows up
0: i think the hand mirror shows up later
1: still shows up
0: Right. Um so like a little bit after Kanji dies, Jiro is found Hanged. Hung from a tree as if he committed suicide. Hmm. And everyone's like, This is real weird.
1: Which let me tell you something. Um, I was actually this is gonna sound very weird, please forgive me. I was actually really impressed with the the fact that um how they drew him as hangs like he had his tongue sticking out mm-hmm. because that's a very distinctive thing that happens when you're when that happens to you mm-hmm. um that your like tongue gets swollen and sticks out and so i was like oh they actually did the legwork of like what a body would look like in that case that's interesting like that that's a very very real thing can yeah. confirm have had somebody in my family do that
0: <laughs> so you have, so you investigate that and you're just like well i guess everyone's just like well i guess he just committed suicide that's real weird but then you go and like talk to some different people like the the office worker who works with the attorney who was like yeah he came in talked to conda and he did not seem like he was suicidal or anything that seems real weird
1: and you kind of talk to the doctor and you're like hey is there anything suspect at all and he's like yeah, so after looking at it a bit more, he's got, like, cyanide on his fingers. That's a little weird, isn't it?
0: But we can't really confirm that he took cyanide or anything.
1: Mm-hmm. And it's only on, like, his fingers f- his finger and his thumb. Yes. And it's a very small amount.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, All this while, you also go back to the, the dude who found you, whose name is uh, Amachi. He basically... Tries to help you out and tells you a little bit more of like what you were talking about when you were found. And you you talk about how you were trying to find a talisman of something, mm-hmm. but you never really find out what. So you, eventually you kind of like you'll go back to that cliff where you were found, where you'd been thrown off or something, and you run into some other people like this old dude named Hikichi, uh, who's just a weird old dude. Name you also run you run into this lady whose name is Yukiko Fujimiya she mm-hmm. says she's waiting for someone important to come to the cliffs and everything and this was the years that he, this person was going to come back and everything eventually she tells you she is waiting for kazuto ayashiro and you're like mm-hmm. i've never heard that name before from this family she's like well, and then you eventually learned like oh he is the half brother of yuri mm-hmm Because, like, his mom wasn't Kikyu, but he was, like, adopted into the family and everything. And then eventually he kind of just, like, dips out and runs away. Right. And everyone's like, how do you know that name? That's, hmm, I don't know about this. (laughs) Um, Also, in the meantime, Azusa, the younger sister of Kanji and Jiro, just vanishes. Yep. She basically, like, leaves the mansion and goes off somewhere. Um Kind of coming in and out, but, like, not enough for, like, people can, like, stop her to figure out what she's doing.
1: Yeah, the butler is like, I'm suspicious of what's going on, but, mm-hmm. like, I can't stop her.
0: Yeah. Eventually, a, a few days later after that, you find her body, where she's been dumped into the ocean off the cliff. Off the cliff. Where you found, like, you find a button in the grass and also a shoe. Mm-hmm. You're like, this is weird. So, like, they've you and the doctor are, like, at the cliffs, like, waiting for Yukiko... And then, like, you run off to do something and you come back and the doctor's, like, looking over the edge and he's like, hey, we need to call someone. There's a body down there. Yeah. And it's like, oh, crap. That body turns out to be Asuka or Azusa. She had been strangled to death because there's clear bruising around her throat and everything. Mm-hmm. Also, there's, like, human flesh skin under her fingernail. So, like, she called someone who was attacking her. Yes. But that's all you know. Um. Eventually, you learn that, like, you and the doctor go off and try and like figure out like find a connection between this you learn about uh cyanide gas and how that can be used to like kill someone but it also be like a silent killer mm-hmm. or in terms of like just a silent murderer i should say where like it's undetectable in autopsies so like they kind of like come to this conclusion like maybe this is a thing
1: it's like a they they kind of come up with the theory of like tobacco murders mm-hmm
0: they basically had to like go redo like autopsies and everything to like figure that out. They go to dig up uh, Kikyo's body because they want to like re-examine it. Mm-hmm. And the, the dude at the, the, uh, the temple where she's buried is kind of like, oh, I don't know about this. I don't know about this. I don't know about this. And you're like, we got to do this if we want to figure out and stop these murders. And he's like, okay, I guess you go to dig up the body and in the, the grave is like a bucket
2: mm-hmm.
0: with Akira in the, in the bucket dead. Yep. It has been dead for like a few days now yeah they said you're just like
1: decomposition was pretty advanced what's happening yeah when that happened i was like whoa (laughs) so that's bad
0: that is very bad um but i think you're able to like also do examinations on the others who had died and eventually you like get back they basically had cyanide poisoning
1: did they ever tell you where Kiku's body ended up cuz I don't remember? Yes. The the uh
0: the 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 person who did it all tells you that they threw her body in the ocean.
1: Correct. Okay. Ocean. That's what mm-hmm. I thought. Ocean is apparently a good place to get rid of bodies and let are Azusa, in which case your body doesn't get go away.
0: Yeah, you get you get hung on drift wor- driftwood and get brought back to shore.
1: Yay.
0: Um at some point as well you basically have to find Try and find Yuri, and uh one of her like childhood friends comes by and is like, "Here's a picture of her. Here's a postcard that has her address on it that I got ages ago." Um, go to this village and see if you can find her or anything. So you go to this other village, you run into one guy who's like, "I can't help you. I gotta go. I'm busy." <laughs> so you run into like this old lady who's like, uh, "I don't know. I haven't heard this before. I'm old. I don't remember things."
1: She does say that she's lovely though.
0: Yes then you have to like you you have to go back like a day later and then you eventually learn like oh there was a fire like because you can't find the house and you're like where's Mm -hmm. this house at and you learn like oh there was a fire it burnt down um Yuri had a kid she had to save the kid but like she took she got a lot of injuries because of the, the fire and everything and that basically is what kind of killed her where she's actually dead she's been dead for a long time
1: a long time
0: and no one knew about that Um, But she had a kid and everything, and the kid was taken to, like, an orphanage. And that's kind of, like, the end of that. So you go to try and find uh, the person who was taking care of this kid, but you find, like, the daughter. And the daughter's, like, real kind of, like, doesn't... Knows things but won't tell you, but also, like, you feel like you recognize her.
1: Yeah, you're like, you're very familiar to me.
0: And she's like, I don't know about that. Eventually, one thing leads to another, and... The protagonist realizes that, like, or gets a lot of his like memories back, and a lot of those memories also entail the fact that, hey, you got a burn mark on your arm.
1: Well, um, <laughs> Amy points it out because you're changing your shirt yes. in front of her, which is wild that he's just like, I want to just take off my shirt in front of you. She's like, Whoa, dude! Whoa, not in front of me. Um, and then he goes to put on his because. All- it's mentioned relatively early on, like, oh, your shirt's too big. And he's like, oh, it must not be mine. You find out that Amachi gave you the shirt. Yes. Um And he took yours to be dry cleaned.
0: Mm-hmm. So
1: when you get yours back, she, like, goes to sew the button on and then tells you to put it back on.
0: But also, like, the dry cleaner tells you, like...
1: It was seawater.
0: There's a lot of seawater in this. And you're like, that doesn't make any sense. I was found in the grass.
1: Yeah. Um. But yeah, so when you go to change in front of your, your gal, she's like, oh, hey, you got a pretty weird burn on your arm. That's, has it that always been there?
0: <laughs> it's not recent.
1: Uh, he's like, oh, huh. How about that? All right. I go, oh, God, I have a burn on my arm.
0: <laughs> Memories.
1: Memories.
0: Um. So eventually you basically come, you figure out you are the, you're the kid. You're yes, Yuri's yes. kid. You go back to the the village where the or the orphanage lady was. She basically just tells you everything tells about,
1: you about your dad.
0: About how like Yuri and the and the dude she married were like everyone loved, loved them and everything. Uh, the dad tried to stop some like hooligans from beating up with someone and accidentally stabbed a guy. The guy he stabbed was like connected from a to a
1: well-to-do like, family. Yeah,
0: so like he basically gets thrown in the jail and everything and dies in prison. And then the house burning down was connected to that as well. So basically it's all bad things just happening to them.
1: And um, they were apparently trying to protect him as like a kid from like being the son of a a convict.
0: A a murderer.
1: Yeah. And he's like, you know what? I'm proud of my dad. I don't I don't even care.
0: So basically the name you input at the very beginning is a fake name.
1: Well, they said you gave you your name.
0: But he also like they also say like they gave you a different name so like people wouldn't know who you are.
1: They did. I thought they said that she gave you your name.
0: I'm pretty sure they said like they gave you a different name so like they would not connect you to that family. Like that was one of the aspects of it. Huh. Maybe I'm wrong, but,
1: but because like at the at. At the cliff, at the end, he's like, "Oh yeah, I am this person. I am the son of so and so and so and so." Like he, right? But I mean, that's the name (laughs) he knows, right? I'm pretty sure that I'm pretty sure that that was the name that she gave. I'm pretty sure
0: they said that was a fake name (laughs) at some point.
1: Hmm.
0: One of us is right, one of us is wrong, or both of us are wrong, both of us are right. Who knows? Either way,
1: I like to think that our dad's name was McDute. And that we just have the name of McDoot, who was the accidental murderer and was actually a legitimately good guy. And my mother named me C2. So now I'm C2 McDoot, the detective, who's 17. And apparently doesn't know that, like, you should probably not change in front of His brains have been scrambled. Mm, Little scrambled eggs, yeah. Anyway, you're the heir.
0: Yep. So, eventually, like, you get this picture of, like, yourself as a kid, and you have this, like, doll with you that your mom gave you, and the doll is in the detective agency, so you grab that, and inside it, there's, like, a key and a note that's, like, from Yuri, who's like, hey, if you're reading this, go find Kiku. She will she will protect you. She will help you out.
1: She'll take care of you.
0: She'll take care of you.
1: I don't know that you'll be happy, but, like, it'll be a life that you'll be protected.
0: Yeah. So you eventually also figure out like, oh, I know where this keys to. It's there's a there was a door in the storage room that like no one had to like a no one knew how to un- open or un- unlock. Mm-hmm. So you open that that uh that lock and everything and go inside and like there's this maze you have to use like the hand mirror and like this piece of paper you find as well that's like tells you how to open it and everything. And once you finally get into like the depths of this little room and everything, there is where the the, the symbol, symbol of, of six succession is
1: for the record, um, it took me forever to realize that I should just run into the walls. <laughs> that like, I figured
0: I, I ran into the wall accidentally, like uh, a different wall, and I was like, "Ow!" So I was like, "Wait a minute! I bet that's how I have to do this because there's no like option to like push them or anything." So I was like, "Bonked into the wall two times." I was like, "Oh, I felt like something move," and it's like, "All right, I, I guess that's I what I'm doing." i just to
1: like look at it and. Like kept trying to look and examine and all that. I'm like, why well, won't anything happen? And I ran into it, and it's like, oh, that's okay. Never mind.
0: Pro tip: always run into the walls.
1: always run into walls. I mean, I do in real life. That's true. Um. So yeah, we we get the symbol of the successor. Yay!
0: And then the the real culprit shows up, the and villain. it is Conda, uh, the attorney, who basically have, basically have like figured out is probably the culprit at this point because. Uh, at one point, he was a lawyer for a case that was about like uh, insurance fraud, essentially, where like a lady killed her husband via cyanide poisoning, mm-hmm. and he was the attorney present for that one. So like, and he's also been looking over a previous case, and you find out oh that was the case that he was looking over.
1: You also find out that his family was one that was completely ruined by uh,
0: by, by the insurance, yeah. Also, the the twist is he is the guy who helps you out at the very beginning as well. Yep. He just assumed a fake name so you wouldn't realize it.
1: Um, he did he did get you out of the ocean though.
0: Yeah, because he didn't want you to die. Because Akira basically lures you out to the cliff, bonks you on the head, and sends you off to die. And he pulls you out because he's like, we can't have this guy dead yet. Because, well, he he pulls you out of the ocean because he wants you to. He's trying to find the symbol. Um, and then you wake up and he's like, oh crap, let me, let me just, uh, use this to my advantage.
1: Let me, let me try and be a nice guy.
0: But I'm Um, a bad guy.
1: I'm a bad guy. So yeah, he's like, um, so this is going to be my revenge. I'm going to kill you now. I have a knife.
0: I'm going to take over the, the Ayashiro conglomerate.
1: Ha 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 ha.
0: So he's like slices at you and you're like, ah, but then he gets like tackled from behind. Mm hmm. And the guy who tackles him is the guy you ran into at the, the other village who was like, I got to go by real quick. Yeah. And that turns out to be Kazuto. Yep. The half-brother of Yuri.
1: And he's like, man, I made it just time.
0: Yep. So basically the end of the game is like you going out to like the cliff and talking to him. He's like, yeah, I've been trying to find, find you and all this sort of stuff. And, you know, somehow by chance we run into each other at that village is real weird and everything. But, like, I got here and the, the butler had been knocked out. So I was like, oh, crap. I got to run in here and figure this out and everything. But, uh, congratulations. You get, you get to be the heir now, everything. Yay. Congrats. But you're like, hey, do you want this? You're, you know, you're kind of ahead of me in, in terms of this. probably really be you. <laughs> um,
1: because he'd been kind of like shunned,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, since he was half. Yeah. And, um, but Yuri was always, like, super kind to him and loved him to death. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, we we give him the symbol of successor. Which I assume, I could be wrong, but I assume that you're going to get, like, somewhat taken care of after that.
2: It would make like, sense.
1: Like, you're still a detective and you're probably still going to continue that life. But I'm assuming you're going to get something from mm-hmm. that family, like, because he's not just going to be like, all right, I saved you. Goodbye. <laughs>
0: It's a Thanks. real rude dude.
1: Right. <laughs> like, that would be rude. So I'm sure you get at least something, but, um, yeah, this family, those are some dynamics. hmm Things went down. Um. Which... It's, it's a thing that we, we talked about that, that like there's phones and you can dial numbers and if you dial the number and the girl who stands behind for the, the, the phone here, the star one six um, it's like Conda's Deli that answers. Hmm. And so I'm just like, huh, oh, I wonder if like his family wasn't quite dead yet.
0: Oh, I think they've been dead for a while because like they talk about like how like it was the husband of Kiku who did all that stuff. True, and like the way they made that sound like it would have been like a long time.
1: But why would it be a deli?
0: Maybe he's hadn't been gotten his attorney stuff yet. I don't know. Who knows?
1: Who knows? Also, why would you use the same phone number for the deli as the lawyer?
0: I, look, it's an Easter egg. You gotta gotta bend your uh, state of disbelief, for, I guess a little bit.
1: Yeah, so I mean, I was like, oh, you know, they at least use the same name. So it made sense. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I suspected the heck out of that guy. I didn't trust him. Yeah. Um, And I, I I, had a feeling very early on that, like, once we started talking about the fact that Yuri had a kid, I was like, that's us. We're the kid.
0: I, I was thinking, like, that'd be funny if it was us. I didn't fully buy it yet, but I also was like, I don't know if there's anyone else in the story that like it could be or they're going or that they're going to introduce like a new character all of a sudden.
1: I went through the notebook to see who all was 17. Hmm. And the only ones who fit that were us and Akane. And Akane's is a girl and the baby was a boy. Right. So I was like, it's us. That's us. It's us. We're it. The McDoot. Yeah, C two McDoot. We are the heir. And getting half naked in front of our maybe girlfriend. I don't know.
0: Yeah.
1: There is something going on there. There,
0: there is. We'll talk about the end of the next game.
1: Yeah. Well, I, I didn't get my affection up.
0: Her, I have seen the, the full affection ending. What? Yeah.
1: You didn't tell me.
0: Well, I gotta, I gotta keep some, some surprises for you.
1: Oh man. It's
0: really nothing.
1: Okay.
0: So it's like yeah. You really don't have to get your hopes up for it. <laughs> um so yeah, that's the missing air. Um I feel like it it's a more good. it's a more straightforward game like there is a little bit of a supernatural element but like at the end it's like oh yeah, this is a thing.
1: Yeah, I mean it it was more supernatural like rumors but it wasn't actually anything supernatural happening. Yeah. It was just the fact that the legend existed was messing with villager brains and mm. making them see things that they weren't actually seeing. Because, you know, if you were seeing Kanda dragging a body, you're like, oh, it's her, it's her, it's Kiku. And it's like, no, it's it's actually just the lawyer murdering somebody. But, like, you tried your best. And I think that, like, Kanda was able to take advantage of that that legend and use it to his advantage to... to, like, move bodies and that kind of thing. Right. But definitely not as supernatural as... a um, Girl Who Stands Behind.
0: Yes. Which, like I said, I think this game, like... You could, I, you could easily classify this game as a horror game. Yeah. Just because of, like, how atmospheric it is at times... and just how unsettling it is at times... And mm-hmm. a lot of that is just, like, the way of how they set up uh, just shots and everything, and also just the, the inclusion of the soundtrack and all that sort of stuff. Like, it is, there is a lot of just, like, weird and creepy stuff in this, in this game, particularly. Yes. But it's real cool. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, this is the uh, sequel prequel.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, that takes place a couple of years before the missing Air, where the protagonist is on the run from the police. Um, basically, in, in terms of the canon, this is basically right after he leaves the orphanage and like runs away to go find his parents. Don't um,
1: don't.
0: You run into just a random dude who's just like, hey, what's going on? And you're like, uh, cops.
2: <laughs>
0: and the cops are like, hey, what are you what are you doing with this kid? And, and they're like, oh, wait, we know who you are. You're a detective. He's so you,
1: like, I got this. I'll take on yes. this kid.
0: I will take him to the coffee shop. So you run into this uh, detective whose name is Shunsuke Utsugi. He's like, hey, I'm a detective. You're trying to find your parents. That's messed up. You don't have anywhere to go because you're a runaway. You could stay at my place. Okay. Um,
1: You're going to work with me now, kid.
0: Yes, the remake adds in some scenes uh with this opening bit in particular i don't know if it's in the super famicom version or not um but the the famicom disc system version did not have the the bonus scenes where you see like someone walk by the windows and sit behind you in the coffee shop who is presumably i think ayumi
1: oh i didn't even notice that
0: yes um it's ayumi or yoko it could be one of the two but it is like someone in that like school uniform and everything mm-hmm. but like they don't show that in the the Diss system version but it is in the remake, um, but yeah. Then you get like a, a a little bit of a time skip a couple months later, and you get a call or you get a call at the detective agency. They're like, "Hey, there's a crime scene. Come look at this crime scene." And you go out to like a riverbank, and there is a girl who has been murdered. She is a uh, high schooler by the name of Yoko Kojima, and you get to look at a dead body.
1: Yeah, you have to be like, "Hey, can I look at this body?" He's like, "You are a kid. You can't look at the body." You're like, "No, I'm a detective. Let me behind the tarp."
0: I'm a detective now.
1: And we get behind the tarp and we look at a body. Yay! Yay!
0: I love to look at baddies.
1: Baddies. (laughs)
0: Um. So yeah, she's
1: she's looking a little corpsey.
0: She's a little corpsey. She's she's been strangled. Mm -hmm. But that's all you really know. She was dumped in the water. Um. While this is happening, like a friend of hers comes up, which is Ayumi, and then her homeroom teacher shows up and is very like distraught about it mm-hmm. and shaken up. Um, eventually, like you kind of regroup back at the detective agency, and Usuki's like, "Why don't you go to the school, blend in, because like you're that age, and just see if you can get information and all that sort of stuff." Mm-hmm. So you basically start going to the school a lot and kind of like ingratiating yourself with a lot of like you know teachers and students and everything just to figure out, okay, what's going on here? You know, does anyone know anything? What's the scoops and all that sort of stuff? And basically through, like, the first couple chapters, you kind of start learning, like, Yoko and Ayumi had formed this detective club and everything. You know, they were going around solving mysteries and all that sort of stuff, but then Yoko got really deep into this one particular thing, and, like, it started to, like, change her Mm -hmm. in ways that a lot of people were, like, very concerned about. And a lot of it uh involves this legend of the girl who stands behind which is like this ghost story in the school where like you know there's a spooky girl standing behind you and oh no boo spooky it's
1: kind of like a bloody mary type thing but also like anybody who's played any kind of japanese game that takes place Related to a high school, you're going to find out about the seven mysteries of the high school. Mm-hmm. Like, that happens in every single one of them. So, this yeah. is kind of, like, one of theirs.
0: Which they, I think they make reference to, like, early but, on. Like, oh, this is one of the seven mysteries of the school or something like that.
1: Yep, they do.
0: So, basically, you have to try and figure out, okay, what happened to, to Yoko and everything? Why was she murdered? Was it because of this legend? Or was it something else? What was she investigating? Where and did then, this legend
1: even come from? Right.
0: So, you also start inv- having to learn about this other case which was the murder of Genjiro Kaneda um, and how that was connected to this high school girl 15 years ago going missing her name uh, Shinobo Asakawa. And she is also kind of the root behind the girl who stands behind legend because
1: mm-hmm.
0: it basically started, that rumor began right after her disappearance. Yep. But you learn a lot of that through um, one of the teachers who is uh Hayama. She is a, uh, I don't remember what kind of teacher she is, but she's a teacher. Um, and, she and she basically, went to the school. she went to, she was an alumni of the school and everything. And she tells you that like, it was basically her who kind of started this rumor because on the night of the Canada murder, she went back to the school because she had to go get some homework or something. She'd forgotten something. And she's walking through the school campus and everything. And it's dark and everything. And she looks up at the window and she sees this, this girl who's covered in blood looking back at her She looks away, and then she looks back up, and it's gone. And then she's like, I'm getting the heck out of here. Uh,
1: yep. Yep. Spooky.
0: Very spooky. Um, you also learn about, like, there's, the old school building has, like, this wall patched over, and, like, that was supposedly done the night of the murder and everything. Um, the, the janitor, when you go talk to him, is, like, very... Very defensive about it. Doesn't want to talk about it. Just wants you to hit the bricks. <laughs> Get out of here. Um. I'll but also, out. we learned about like with the Conda case. Like this guy was just kind of like just a shady dude. He was like conning people right and left. So like, there's quite a few people who like had grudges against this dude. But then he eventually dies. One of the main people who is like. A suspect in the case was committed suicide afterwards mm-hmm. and then also also the whole thing with shinobu happens so like there's all these like inter interconnected parts that are you know that don't really have a good conclusion because the whole the case as itself has not been solved 15 years later mm-hmm. um later on uh you talk to Hayama again she's like yeah i passed by the the old school building on the night of the murder and when I saw the spooky ghost girl the wall at the time was not complete so you're like that's weird I've heard that it was supposed to be complete that night
1: oh and while this conversation's happening mm-hmm. I got spooked
0: yeah while like you're having this conversation you see the janitor Tazaki like peeking around the corner just like very distraught and just like looking at you very creepily and I was like oh that's I was like that's very unsettling
1: <laughs> it was very unsettling it's very I got good it's like I, I, I think I was on a call with you, wasn't I?
0: Maybe. I, or we were I texting. Just
1: remember, I just remember yelling at you like, Oh my god, he's there. Yeah. And it scared me.
0: <laughs> um, so basically you try and chase after him but you, you lose him and then you go back to the detective agency and I I am there. She's like, I want to help you figure this out because I need to figure out who killed Yoko and everything and what you're like you? I don't really want you to get involved because this is very dangerous now at this point. And she's like, oh, okay. Hey, do you want can I make you coffee? <laughs> you're like, yeah, cool.
1: I'm excited for you to make coffee for me.
0: And you take, you drink the coffee and you're like, uh-oh, uh-oh, uh-oh. I'm, I'm sleepy. sleepy. And she's like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I gotta go. <laughs> and then this is where you get like, this is where, this would be the break. Uh, in between the the original games, so mm-hmm. this would be the end of part one, which would be a very big cliffhanger.
1: Yeah, no kidding.
0: Very wild.
1: Drugged us.
0: She drugged us. So like, you wake up, and then you're like, oh, she drugged the coffee. You get a letter from her. She's like, I'm sorry, I had to go. I'm gonna track him down. Track or tracking down Tazaki, and I'm gonna figure this out. Um, so that leads you like roaming around the town trying to find her and everything, looking like or trying to like see if anyone has seen her or anything. You end up at like Tazaki's apartment, and, like no one's there and anything, but you eventually get a lead to like his his hometown.
1: You see his uh, he his neighbor has a delivery for him, and you uh are able to to see like his mom's address. Mm-hmm. So you, you you go to his mom, who is drying squid.
0: The neighbor also tells tells you that like he let someone else look at the the package. It was like a young girl, and you are like, oh, must probably be Amy.
1: Also, like. This neighbor is the worst. He's just like, hey, here you go. Just check out these addresses. That's fine. Yep. I don't know, you guys. Terrible.
0: So you go to the, the village, and you talk to the mom, and and, and you're like, has, has he been here? And he's like, no, he hasn't been here. What, what has he done? And you're like, "Oh, he might be in a murder case. She's like, oh, no.
1: She gets very upset, and the neighbor's like, what did you do to make this old lady
0: upset? <laughs> I didn't do anything. Gotta go. Ah, let's go to a cliff. Um, yeah, you go to a cliff, and Aimi's there along with Tazaki. They're like arguing, and then when you go to confront them, he pulls a knife on on her and like holds her hostage, and like threatens to kill her. But then eventually gives up. He's like, "I can't kill anyone. I can't yeah. do this." And then basically kind of like tells you everything that kind of took place, where like he was also been ripped off by um, Kaneda, but he didn't really have an alibi for that night. So he was kind of just like, oh God, oh God, oh God, I don't know what to do. Um, basically goes back to the school and realizes, oh yeah, the principal wanted me to patch up this wall. If I patch up this wall, then they'll they'll think I was here this whole time, and that's it. Um, and then he tells you like, oh, the principal basically covered for me and told everyone that I did this whole thing during this time period, when that's technically not true, but he covered for me. So that's why no one really came to like suspect me or anything, but I wasn't the one who killed kaneda i didn't kill shinobu and i didn't kill yoko yep like none of that happened
1: um Um, we also find out throughout this that like everybody freaking loves the principal they do they're
0: like no one has a bad thing to say about him and if you say anything bad about them they all get mad
1: yeah they're like oh man he is the best educator and he's so kind and he's smoking like, one of them calls him a silver fox, and I'm like, mm-hmm. yo, you guys all have the hots for this man. It is wild.
0: It's true. Um, but everybody
1: loves him, and, like, the, even uh, Tazuki's like, yeah, don't you say anything bad about him. He saved mm-hmm.
0: me. So you eventually go uh, talk to the principal, Uribe, uh, and he basically tells you, yep, this is, this is true, I did this, but, you know, I don't regret it or anything. And eventually gets, like, called out because a, a shady person has showed up which everyone will tell you there's a weird person that's just like keeps showing up yep but no one knows who it is uh He's do, 30 yeah you see him uh you see the principal with the shady guy when you're out trying to find ayumi you're like that's weird this doesn't seem like a guy he should be hanging out with
2: mm-hmm.
0: um so like he leaves and you have to like kind of kill time in the meantime and you eventually talk to hibido who is like the was the homeroom teacher for Yoko, who is still very visibly shaken up, but is ve- he will tell you how much he respects is He's the greatest in all this sort of stuff, but he won't tell you anything else. But he also visually, like, gets shaken up when you talk about the Kanada case. Yes. But he will not talk about it. Um, Later on, you were talking with, like, the the art teacher, and you notice there's a painting in the art room that looks like Shinobu. Mm-hmm. And eventually you can finally kinda of talk about it. Like I think I had found that painting like four or five chapters earlier and I kept trying to like that's, I kept
1: trying to poke that's it. Something.
0: I need to talk about this, but you'd be like, oh that's a that looks like a student. Like, like it's no. very, very
1: specific there. Like everything it, it stands out and I kept poking it thinking it was gonna become relevant at some Same. point. Same. And then it finally became relevant and it's like yes, I feel vindicated.
0: Yep. So you talk about that and uh the art teacher tells you who the painter was or who made the art piece. That is a uh, Ryoko Katsuragi. Um she, you go talk to her and she tells you about uh Shinobu and everything. Um also,
1: just, just Yoko came by.
0: Yes, Yoko came by and she was like, Oh my god, she looked just like Shinobu, and I was very freaked out about this. Mm-hmm. Um She also tells you about there's a, there's a a childhood friend of Shinobu's that uh has a different last name uh Uchida Mm -hmm. but they don't remember who they were because they didn't really hang around with them so they can't really tell you much about them
1: they don't know the first name
0: right uh you also learn more about uh Goro Kaneda who is the son of Genjiro Kaneda he's basically kind of like this sleazebag um got a lot of money after his dad died just kind of like went off and did stuff and then came back and was apparently broke but then eventually came into more money and everyone's like, This is real weird. Um you eventually find out where this dude's apartment is, and when you go to his apartment, there's you can see in the window like there's a struggle happening and someone's got like a knife or something, and you're mm-hmm. like, Uh oh. So you bust down into Goro's apartment and he is dead.
1: Moided. Moided. Your only clue is he's dead and has a pen.
0: Mm-hmm. There's a pin with the initials T-U. Um, they, uh, so y- your your first thoughts is like maybe it's the Uchida kid because we don't know the first name yet. Or maybe mm-hmm. we do at this point, I don't remember. But also it has the same initials as Uribe because his first name is Tadashi.
1: Well, um, we were thinking U- the Uchida, um, like the guy who committed suicide, his name started with a T. So it's was T-U. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, the the has TU as well right so anyway moving on
0: so you're like what what is going on like who so you you definitely saw someone there but you did not see who like ran off but someone was in there had murdered this guy so you're just like ah crap Credit credit crap um you eventually find uh ryoko introduced you to another friend of Uh, shinobus who is a sayaka ishibashi and she's like tells you a little bit more about like the the childhood stuff and everything and they bring out this yearbook
1: yes the yearbook
0: and they're like here's the class photo and everything and like you find someone in there that looks very familiar they're like oh yeah that was the uchida kid it's like wait a minute and you're like wait just wait a minute (laughs) you look at the the boy i saw him
1: and i was like you
0: this i mean i I was looking for him specifically (laughs) Yeah. Um. You look at the boy, and it's very clearly Hebanu. Yep. He's
1: he's a teacher.
2: Mm
0: -hmm. So you go and confront him, and you're like, uh, you know, Urube did a lot for me after what happened and everything. He was, you know, he he did he, you know, he helped me get out of the situation and everything. Let me become a teacher and everything. He hates the Kanadas. Doesn't have an alibi for the murder, but basically, he's like gets real mad when you think that the principal is the suspect
1: mm-hmm. yeah, he like flips his lid' He's like exactly like that, yes,
0: yep. um, and then you get into like the final parts of the game where like the principal has been off and away on a business trip, apparently, but like no one knows where
1: mm-hmm. so, and like, also um one of the students for Hanaya was injured and mm-hmm. she tried to call the place where he's supposed to be and they're like yeah he's not here he's never been here I don't know what you're talking about
0: Mm -hmm. true um so yeah you get that information Tazaki also tells you like you know yeah I was I did plaster the old school building that night but like I did it and then I you know i finished up and i came back the next morning and it looked like someone used my tools but it like it doesn't look like someone had like redid the stuff that i did like you couldn't do it that, that quick or in, with the skill that i have mm-hmm. because they start to suspect like maybe someone dumped um
1: like took it down put her body in there and then yeah shinobu's body it. was like
0: in the wall or something And he's like that i don't think that's possible because like the way it looks is like, it's what I would do. Like, I don't think an amateur would come in and be able to do the same work. Like It doesn't make sense. So you basically have to like go back to the detective agency and you're just like, oh, I feel like we're close, but I can't figure out exactly what it is. You get like a call from someone who's like, Hey, person's at the school. The person you want to talk to is at the school. You should come to the school. Um, you run into Ayumi there because she's taking a makeup test, and knows there as well because he has to supervise it. Um, and you go to the principal's office, and you have to bust down the door, and he is laid out on his desk with his throat slit. Yep. And a, there's a letter on on his on his desk where he basically confesses confesses to killing uh, Kaneda and Shinobu, along mm-hmm. with some some other people as well.
1: Which. The phone call that you get is basically—he's like, "Oh, this is a very familiar voice." He's like, "Yeah, I don't—I don't like anybody. I don't like people like a He was a co-conspirator mm-hmm. this whole time. Like, he's—he's he's at the school. If you—if you need to find yes. him. yes, and so it was
0: Robbie who called you, huh? It was the principal who called you.
1: Yes, it was the principal <laughs> who called us. He was the one who lured us there. So we'd find his suicide note. Mm-hmm.
0: So he basically confesses to everything, but then, like, as you're reading it out, Hibano like, just freaks out. And is like, <laughs> that's no, impossible. that's not what happened. And then Hibano basically goes into detail of, like, how he killed Genjiro. Shinobu walked in on it, and basically, she, he scared her off. And or at first, like, he called Irabe, uh, he was like, I'm going to kill Genjiro. I'm going to do this. So like he goes off and does it, and then he scares Shinobu away. Shinobu runs out of the street, gets hit by a car. The car that it was being driven by is by driven by Irabe. Yep. And he's like, oh crap. So like they take her to the school, and try to figure things out. And according to Hibino, they're in a classroom, and she's like laid out on the like on the ground. She apparently gets up and looks out the window and tries to yell at someone, so he freaks out and busts a vase over her head mm-hmm. and that is what apparently kills her for good.
1: Mm-hmm. And then... Which is what the, the teacher saw.
0: Yes, Hayama saw. Mm-hmm. They, they basically have to hide the body somewhere and then they make a pact of like him and Arabe make a pact like, we're not going to do this anymore or we're not going to talk about this ever again.
1: Nothing happened.
0: Nothing happened here. Uh,
1: becomes a teacher
0: he becomes a teacher and then basically i think he also tells you that he killed goro um but then like he's like oh you guys figured this out as well so now i have to kill you so he pulls a knife out and then you and ayumi have to run off you run into a hallway but then basically trap yourselves into the the hallway with the giant mirror but there's a hallway with a giant mirror where you see early on Ayumi's like talking in front of it and she tells you how like yoko came up to her beforehand and was like the, maybe I'm the girl who's behind you or something like that or the girl who behind you is close by or something like that and like it freaked Ayumi out and she's like ah. so like there's this weird just giant mirror at the end of a hallway so mm-hmm. you run to that and then Hibino just like keeps like slowly walking towards you it's so
1: creepy talking
0: like about how he's going to come and murder you and then basically he gets up to you lunges to stab at you you get out of the way he stabs the mirror but then he turns around, like pulls the like the knife out or something. But right before he's about to like come attack you again, the the mirror shatters, mm-hmm. and behind him you see a spirit of Shinobu that mm-hmm. dissipates into her skeleton that falls onto him.
1: Yep. Yeah. He
0: he just freaks out. Yep. And then uh, Utsugi and a, a police detective show up right as this hap is happen- is happening. Ibe faints, and everyone's just like. What the heck just happened? <laughs>
1: the Skeleton's just like, hey.
0: Also, uh, when is walking to you, he tells you how he's the one who killed Yoko as well, because she figured out that he was the one who killed Shinobu. So yes. she, he just like strangles her to death and it's so talking about like how like he left her body in the school. Mm-hmm. And it was like, I don't know how she got to the riverbank, but it was the principal who took the body and dumped it. it was the principal. Hmm. Um. So basically, after that, you get like some. You talk with Utsugi about stuff, everything that happened. Info uh, dump. Ayumi joins the, the detective agency as an assistant. Uh, you talk about uh, the, the pen, which read T-U, because Hibino was actually Urebe's son. Yep. just real wild.
1: He didn't want to be a single dad, so he gave his son to, like, this couple that he knew. Mm-hmm. Um... And, and the TU was supposed to, like, represent that he was still his son.
0: And they're also talking about, like, how, like, oh, the ghost thing doesn't make sense because he got she got bonked on the head, right? And they're like, yeah, we did they did an autopsy on that body and there was no skull fracture or anything.
1: Which I still don't agree with because there's definitely one in the art.
0: So who knows what's up with that?
1: And there was one in the Super Nintendo art, too.
0: I think, isn't there, like, just skulls just have, like, a marks like that on top of their head? I don't think so. I don't know. I, don't look I so mean, I can't
1: say that I've ever seen a skull, but... It's true. Um. But there's definitely a very, very specific line, and, like, there's a part of the skull in this version that is, like, missing part of the, like, skin that would have been there, because she's got some skin that's got hair hanging on. Um, but she's missing a part of that, and there's definitely a line, a very distinct line in that part. So I am not buying that that... That didn't happen. I mean, again, I'm not, like, I'm not that.
0: This is a ghost story, first and foremost. So yeah, not everything in horror stories are going to line up one to one in terms of basis of reality.
1: Yeah, I I just thought it was kind of lame that they're like, oh, you know, that didn't actually happen because like. I mean, I to,
0: for me, I didn't really notice the the marking on the head, so like, I just didn't. It didn't click for me. I was like, oh, that's cool, spookiness.
1: Well, and it also like throws off the whole thing with the teacher. Um, that saw her stand up and like, like, oh, it was just her ghost. Um,
0: Al, but... I think we have uh, we might have some differing knowledge here. I think skulls just have a mark on the top of their head. What? <laughs> I'm Did looking at look various pictures of skulls, and there are just cracks on the head, on the cr- on the top of the crown of the head.
1: Why would you just have a crack in your head?
0: I don't know. Skulls are weird.
1: I don't think skulls just come pre-cracked.
0: That's what these all show. There's, like, a, there is a definite mark on the top of the head.
1: Mm, I mean, that feels like it would really be a bad defect of a human being to have a crack in yeah, your Yeah, have you met human it. beings?
0: We all have bad defects. <laughs> <laughs> so I think, I think that was, I think what they were saying is, like, there isn't, like, any, like fracture points or anything like that like there would be like a, an indention or anything of like you know here's where he bonked her on the head with the vase right she just has normal skull markings and is a spooky ghost mm, i don't know i'm buying um, it
1: i don't buy it and go it look is- at a skull <laughs> well, no, I'm just saying like that entire part of it just kind of came off as like lame to me. That they're like, oh, well, okay that didn't it. happen, and then like the
0: again, the- it's a ghost story. Like they're not going to just like wrap it up like, oh, everything's fine. Like they have to keep this mystique of like, you know, maybe there is something to this ghost story. You never know. I didn't like it. Ripley's Believe It or Not. I didn't like it. Well, the ghost isn't gonna like you when it comes after you. Look, the girl who stands behind you, right behind you.
1: Who are you the art teacher?
0: Yes. Um so yeah, you get all that and then you get a post-credit scene of like 2 years later where you get a call from the Beogen village and the protagonist is like it goes off to to the village and leaves Ime behind and then it's like to be continued in the missing heir. Mhm. And then after that you also get a personality assessment. <laughs> it's just real yeah. weird. I don't understand how that works. I don't either. And then also it tells you how like your Affinity with uh, Ayumi is
1: Which I, I, I have my um, personality assessment That I, I put up here And like I said I think One of them is very much not right at all um, But it says that I seem like a kind and considerate person I'm pretty smart aren't I <laughs> Seem like a very focused person and then here, you're usually pretty relaxed and are able to make good decisions when it matters. <laughs> I was like, um, eh, not pretty relaxed. No, 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 no.
0: Mine was. You're somewhat composed, but you also seem to have a kind side. <laughs> you're a little erratic, aren't you? <laughs> you can be a little. You can be a bit of a troublemaker at times. But I don't know.
1: Were you just a hellion when you? Played? I don't
0: know. I guess.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: Apparently so.
1: Oh, man. And then there's also affection meter that right I didn't do well with.
0: Supposedly, the, the fan translation of the, the Super Famicom version is bugged, so you can never complete it. What? Um, Supposedly, in that version, I guess, I don't know if it's just the way they have the translator or whatnot. You have to enter a debug menu and do some stuff in there in order to get the full affection meter. Oh, my God. Like I don't know if it's the same with this version or not or what you have to do. Um, but like the end scene when you max it out is just like I mean being like, oh, I'm really happy we you, we met and everything and we got to do this and all this like it's real cool we get to work together now. Also, you remember that that photo you got? You can keep it. Aw. That's it.
1: <laughs> Aw. Yeah. I, honestly, when I when I got 11 hearts out of 20 and I also get this like personality thing, I was like, you know. This makes the most sense. Like, I'm awful with people. I'm terrible <laughs> with, like, apparently any kind of romance stuff. Um... But I can solve the d- mystery. Woo. Woo! 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 But yeah, holy crap! Skeleton just fell out on him! That's such a cool way to end it!
0: It is incredible, like... It's it's even more wild to think that like this is a Nintendo game. A
1: Nintendo game.
0: And it has like just this huge fed up ending. Yeah. <laughs> like I can just imagine like Nintendo Nintendo of Japan putting this out and then Nintendo of America taking one look at this and be like No. No. Absolutely not. <laughs> so like and- it makes sense like why these never came out obviously yeah. and then like the the Super Famicom re-release didn't come out until 98 which is 2 years into the N64 cycle and I don't think anyone was putting out in or Super Nintendo games by that point. Yeah. At least over here. So
1: It was just such a rad ending. Like It's so
0: cool cuz like you don't expect you don't see it coming. No. Like No. Even with like the way like it shows the spirit and everything I was like, "Oh, that's neat. They're going to show them. like here is this like skeleton with like hair still attached to it and everything, you're just like,
1: what the f-? and like the sailor suit still on it's Yeah. Just, like, and tatters and bloody.
0: It's like holy and like we went back and watched like the original All the versions, versions. And like it still works in each individual version. Like the It the, really does. The Famicom disc version is, is really interesting because of how they have to use the soundtrack to like make it so it sounds like he's walking to you but like make it still very creepy and unsettling.
1: That was very well done.
0: I like, the, the skeleton reveal isn't, like, as graphic or anything, just because, like, it makes sense because it's a yeah, Famicom dis system game. The Super Famicom version is, like, more in line with what the remake shows, mm-hmm. where it is, just goes for the graphicness.
1: Yep, there is a skeleton that's putting her hand on, like, hey, I'm gonna You're put my like, chin on your shoulder. What
0: is happening?
1: Like, that is intense. Mm-hmm. Man. I like, still can't get over the fact that they're letting this child look at corpses.
0: All the time. All the time um it makes sense that like this game in particular was one of the first like nintendo like 15 and up uh titles in japan yeah because of just like you're looking at like man holy crap like i had to go look at the ratings for these games and be like did these get rated like mature games or not like they're they're teen games for clarification, but I was like, I would not be surprised if these were embraced games.
1: <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't have been surprised at all. Like, there's just so much gnarliness happening there. And, like, you never expect the friggin' skeleton to come out of that mirror. hmm God. Like, talk so about getting cool. haunted by your past, man.
0: So cool. Just so f- Yep. Nintendo and, like, presents f***ing
1: and the, like, pure horror that shows on his face mm-hmm. in all the versions is just so good. Yeah. Like, even in, like, the, the like, super, super the, you know, those other versions. Like, even in those versions, you can still see the absolute horror on this man's face. Like, yeah. it's very, very obvious in, in this version. And, um, like I said, it's literally your past coming back to haunt you. It's phenomenal. It's so well done. It's
0: really good. Like,
1: also, like the main character in my case, C two McDute, looks completely nonplussed. This
0: he looks whole nonplussed time. every in every version.
1: <laughs> and I'm like, bro, there you almost got murdered for one, two. You just saw the principal have his throat slit, like he he committed suicide to try and like get his son out of trouble. Um. Also, there's a skeleton hanging out on that guy's shoulder now. Like, how are you so nonplussed?
0: <laughs> I've seen some dead bodies at this point. It's all right.
1: Yeah, maybe this is why this kid can look at dead bodies, and I can't.
0: Man.
1: Man. It was remember, a of an ending.
0: I remember your text exchange with me when you got to that part, and I was like, yep, that's the part. Yep, yep. And, like, yep. even, like, I texted you, like, like, I finished the game. Oh, my God, that was
1: Yeah, yeah. It's
0: really good. good. So, I think mine was just, so like, good. all caps yelling at yeah. you. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Like, I would have been fine without the, the stuff after it, but I thought that that part was, like, so yeah. well done.
0: I really, really liked this game.
1: I liked it a lot, yeah.
0: Like, it helped that this was the first one I played, but just, like, man, I was just, like, just from everything, from just, like, atmosphere to setting to just making, the music. like, the music, um which I played a lot of this with, like, the, the disc system soundtrack and it still worked incredibly well. Um, to mm-hmm. so just these unsettlingness and just like the the way it's it's creepy and horrific, like this game is just astonishing.
1: Yeah, I mean, I really liked both of them quite a bit, mm-hmm. and I did not expect to like them as much as I did. Yeah, like going into this, I would not have been like, "Whoa, these are so good!" Like, I I thought I was just gonna play them and they were gonna be fun, and that was it. You know
0: yeah it's real cool crazy it's real cool man it's i still can't get over the fact that there's a nintendo game that came out in 1989 where it just ends in such a up manner (laughs) yup this is like if nintendo put out sweet home (laughs) (laughs) we're just like what is going on what is happening nintendo who would like this is why we didn't let nintendo r d1 make games that much (laughs) They're just going to do (laughs) fed up like this.
1: Yeah, you could definitely see the horror influence.
0: Mm hmm. From the people who made, who brought you Donkey Kong.
1: (laughs) From the people who brought you the Game Boy.
0: From the people who brought you Metroid.
1: Here's a skeleton.
0: Comes Famicom Detective Club.
1: Definitely a skeleton.
0: So cool. I'm real happy that they put these out, like they localize these as well. Like that's it's real good. Like like yeah, mean, we said at the top I'm of happy this. About it. It's a very non Nintendo thing. Mm-hmm. Um I feel like playing these now I would I would feel like it'd be really cool if they made like just a new one. Mm-hmm. But I don't know how you do that without like getting all the original people back. Right. And I don't know if that would be possible, and I don't think they're gonna do the Satellaview game.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Just because they never do Satellaview stuff, which is disappointing. But, like, yeah, like, these are really cool.
1: Highly recommend. I mean, you're yeah. you probably, if you listen through all this already, like, you, you're already spoiled, but they're super good and you should probably play them anyway. Yeah,
0: they're well worth your time. Um, not only just as, like, good games to play, but just, like, as a historical piece of video game history.
1: hmm. Which, hey. I Again, like another
0: non Nintendo thing to do.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nintendo's not really a big fan of like really deep dives into their history or just really caring about anything.
0: Yeah, no. Joke. Other than
1: ma- making money from like recycling the games over and over. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I think that's going to wrap this episode up. Unless you have anything else you want to talk about with the Detective Club.
1: No, we solved we solved several murders.
0: It's true. Um. Before we go, though, we have breaking news.
1: Breaking news?
0: That's not breaking news by the time you listen to this, but it's breaking news right now as it's happening.
1: The games that were just announced.
0: Oh, there's five new titles coming to the Super Nintendo Entertainment System, Nintendo Switch Online, Super Nintendo, and Nintendo Entertainment System, Nintendo Switch Online, Nintendo Entertainment System collections. Yep. Yep. They're not good.
1: (laughs) No, they're not. They're not good at all. There's also uh, Zelda and Loftwing um, Amiibo. Amiibo coming out. She's pretty.
0: Coming out on July 16th, yes. Uh, You can play on the Super Nintendo Entertainment System, Nintendo Switch Online, Super Nintendo, Super Baseball Simulator 1000, which is a very weird poll to do. (laughs) Caveman Ninja, or Joe and Mac. Magical Drop 2, which I'm pretty sure you can just play on the Arcade Archives version, which is probably the one you would want to (laughs) play. And then, of course, everyone's favorite, Spanky's Quest. Mm-hmm. And then for the Nintendo Entertainment System, Nintendo Switch Online, Nintendo, you can play Ninja Jajamaru-kun, which I'm pretty sure is just a Famicom game. Uh, also, if you have a Japanese account, you can play Fire Emblem Geo- Genealogy of the Holy War. Mm-hmm. Those are coming to the Nintendo Switch on May 26th. It is astonishing how much and how how easily Nintendo has just bungled
1: <laughs> Yeah. It's a mess.
0: Bungled this. God. God. Anyways.
1: Nintendo sometimes, you know, hits it out of the park <laughs> and then sometimes Nintendo is this.
0: Then they do this, yep.
1: This you know what honestly this podcast episode is just like the this good
0: is and the e- bad Nintendo. Nintendo.
1: And this is bad Nintendo. <laughs> yep.
0: Anyways, that's going to wrap up this episode. <laughs> if you would like more from us, head on over to animecheckup.com or sac.cools, so where you can find past episodes of this podcast and other podcasts like jared and Al Watch. And you can find columns and reviews on the site as well. If you would like more from Anladium, go to com. She's got columns and reviews. You can follow us on Twitter, anime animecheckup, and on TikTok at animecheckup. You can buy our books, One Shiny Moment, a critical analysis of Love, Life, Sunshine, and Hot Tubs and Pac-Man on Amazon.com. Mm-hmm. And you can support us on Patreon, patreon.com S-A-C-O-V-A. Buy us a slice of pizza, get access to unedited versions of the podcast early, mm-hmm. and bonus episodes as well. Next week, we know. will talk about something
1: yeah I I know that I'm gonna like fall into a hole this weekend for a Mm -hmm. bit but I don't know uh, there's no way I'd be able to beat that and you haven't beat it either so
0: I haven't beat the Um, other game yet either
1: yeah you should do that Um,
0: we still got some yak
1: we still have some yak to play Mm -hmm. I I, I don't know we'll figure out something
0: we'll figure out something our final episode of May coming up next week
1: already? (laughs) yeah ugh this year is like on light speed
0: yeah it's true we'll yeah. uh we'll figure it out and uh reconvene next week with oh some
1: a skeleton behind you
0: oh god. <laughs>